And then after that came this album that we're going to talk about called A New World Record. This is Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song by song podcast. bonus tracks. Listener comments, album reviews and facts, outtakes. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. For the newbies, a bonus track episode does not cover the bonus tracks that came off of special edition albums. A bonus tracks episode is where we, well, like I just said a few minutes ago, not even a few minutes ago, comments, we discuss the album, we answer comments, and a bunch of other crap. All right, we got all that descriptive crap out of the way. And on that joyous note... Let us get on with the show. So before we get to the comments about a new world record, we got a few comments about our Face the Music bonus episode. Jason Davies says, finally caught up with all the episodes so far. Loving it, and can't wait for the next one. It's it's cool. I'm glad you're loving it. To me, I don't sound like I'm really enthusiastic when people say they love it. I really do. I think it's really great. It's, It's the shy thing. I always recoil and say, oh, well... Thank you, that was very nice of you. But that's really great to hear. Thank you. That didn't sound forced at all. (laughs) So this one is really cool. Marge Raymond said, I'm so grateful to be a part of this album. I never get tired of listening to it. Not because I'm singing on it, but because it's just a great band and songs. We have a listener to the podcast who worked with Jeff Lynne and ELO. Marge is one of the background singers on Face the Music that you hear on Evil Woman and Down Hometown and wherever else that she appears on that album. So I think it's really cool that now I'm just like uh, one step away from Jeff Lynne. Um, I don't know how many steps, but there it is. Someone who, who worked with ELO, who's on an ELO album, listens to our show. It's so cool. I'm somebody now. Isn't it regulated how many feet you're allowed to be close to Jeff Lynne? Uh, since the court order in the mid-90s, yeah, there is a, a maximum amount of feet that I am to be within Jeff Lynn, but I cannot go into that any further here, so... Yeah, especially sh- since it was done in British court, and so it's meters, and so you're just always standing there with a calculator hoping that somebody doesn't bop you on the head. That's, that's yeah, because I'm an American, we don't do metrics, and I'm too dense with numbers to figure out the difference, so... It was, it was bad enough that I lived in Phoenix when he lived in L.A., it's just a five and a half hour drive away. He's such a pathetic, sad little freak. He's a gibbering mess. Moving on to tightrope. Jill Chenault says, Seriously, make time for those snippets. I don't care if you go over ten minutes. It really makes for a better podcast experience. Ah, the jingle for Jill. I feel so special. I admit I knew nothing of the move until I rediscovered ELO only last year. And I'm still learning but I am really digging them, both before and after Jeff joined. As far as message from the country, I have only listened to it once online, but good lord, man, you say you own it and you haven't really listened to it? (laughs) 
Do you ever think that Bev has some uncredited backup singing all over the ELO albums? I often think I hear him and wonder why he isn't credited with backup vocals. Surely those low backups aren't anyone else? If nothing else, the lion and jungle? Down on the bay is awesome! Thanks for the snippet. So I finally figured out how to spell Patreon. And it's good to hear that people were like, I don't care if you go over 10 minutes. All right. But I'm still going to keep things under 15, or try to anyway. Yeah, message from the country. Uh, Here's the thing. A friend gave it to me when I didn't have a turntable that worked. Uh, I have a turntable that works. I've had one for a couple years. I fixed my old turntable. But now I don't have a stereo to plug it into. Stereo is in storage now that we're in the future and everything's mp3s and it's all kept on a little computer and just transmits to my apple tv puck which is plugged into my surround sound so i have a record player that works i just don't have anything to plug it into right here i know i know it's it's also the future where like you said everything's online so really all my stammering is just making excuses for something that i have no excuse for doing which is listening to message from the country and I really should get on that. Sweet mother of God, what is the holdup? As for Bev Bevan, as soon as I found out that he has a deep voice, the first thing I thought of was the lion in Jungle. And I'd think, maybe that is Bev, and that's not Jeff being really, really low with his voice. And as for Patreon, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that some people might not know how to spell it. One of those things that never occurred to me. It's P-A-T- R-E-O-N. So go ahead and be like Jill. She she donated, and for at least $1, you get to hear the episodes a week before they air. Except for these bonus track episodes, because I slap them together the week that they air. I usually finish them the day they're supposed to post. Stacy Reed. Thoroughly enjoyed this one. Tight Rope is one of my favorite tracks. Andy Olvin says, Eric's! I wanted to write to let you know how much I appreciate this podcast, which I look forward to each week. It keeps me company as I log many hours in my vehicle for work. Being a younger ELO fan, born in 1991, it is fun to hear others discuss the band song by song. I have fond memories of listening to a New World record on my dad's record player when I started getting more into ELO's music in high school. I was accustomed to all their big hits by this time, of course, but got chills the first time I heard Tightrope. I was absolutely blown away by the intro and thought the song was nearly perfect. Looking at the song on the ELO timeline, it is fun to think of the innovation which was taking place between their first album and this. The sound is so much more refined than their earliest works, and is a preview of the finely polished tunes which would follow. To this day, Tightrope is among my favorites, and would be my choice if I had to try and convey what ELO did musically in one song. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. I'm actually, I'm really kind of glad to hear that you listen to us while you drive, since one of my unfulfilled fantasies, that doesn't involve sex, is be on the radio and doing radio, working for a radio station and going out there, and it, I think it's kind of neat that you're listening to us in your car, as if I'm broadcasting from my radio station. That's that's pretty cool. And that's actually about where I normally listen to the show, too, when it pops up, so I can hear how it's sounding as it's usually on my way home from work. Right. Well, that's cool. 1991. And you like ELO. See, this is great. Uh, when I was in college, it's just a few years ago, not back in the 90s, although I was in college in 1991 also. These kids that were 20 years younger than me they knew who ELO was, which 
surprised me, partly because they're so young, and it's not the demographic that most bands that are 30 or 40 years old reach. So I think it's great. Kids born in the 90s are hip to ELO and they love it. I, I, honestly, I never saw that coming. So that's pretty cool. It sure is. And that surprised me too, but well, it shouldn't surprise me because you give an entire generation a situation where even they admit that there's not really that much good music out there. They have <laughs> to listen to something. Yeah. Just clap! Moving on to telephone line. James Crow said, after a brief but brilliant detour, and he's talking about our April Fool's show, The Blinded by the Light, that was brilliant. We made it to another of my favorites. I agree with your assessment. This original release of Telephone Line is perfect. No remakes required. And MJ Fold says, Great song. It is one, as you say, that you never tire of hearing. I love the chorus, which is basically a 50s doo-wop with lots of cool stuff on top. Oh, and the Baronites cover isn't exactly a cover. They were an English parody band who would cover songs but with their own humorous lyrics. Their telephone line is quite short, but then if you hear it, you'll see why. I will have to listen to that. You know, early on in the podcast, when I would see who would do covers of the songs, I would listen to them and I'd make notes to make sure to post links when the song came up there on our our Face the Music and Electric Light Orchestra Song by Song podcast Facebook page. As time went on, I've gotten a bit lazy about checking out the covers, so now that I hear that it's there's another sort of novelty version of Telephone Line, I'm going to have to check that out. Because as I said in that episode, I really dig novelty songs, especially a good parody. Johnny Sutterberg wrote, This must be one of the world's most beautiful album covers. Yeah, I think it's a pretty freaking cool cover. Moving on to Rock Aria. MJ Fold says, Madeline hated it? I thought it not possible to dislike this song. Yeah, it surprised me too that she hated it. Well, you gotta understand her mood at that night. She didn't want to listen to... She didn't want to listen to anything. She wanted her bedtime YouTube video. She wanted a bedtime story and song. And she just wasn't... I don't want to listen to ELO tonight. I was kind of like, no, we gotta do this. We just Let's just get this over with. So... I've had this idea, and who knows if I'll do it, in 20, what, what 2027, when Madeline is 16, maybe going through the ELO songs and doing like a special podcast episode where we revisit and see, does she still like Battle of Marston more? Would she still I, hate I, I'm, I'm laughing Aria? because I'm imagining you trying to get a 16-year-old <laughs> I know. to sit down and do this. A 16-year-old no. girl to sit down and do this with her dad. I know. <laughs> I know. I laugh in my head when I think about it, which is why I'm thinking this is probably a pipe dream episode, but we'll see if we can make this happen in nine years or so. Pam Van Allen wrote, If you're going to address me by my last name, it's Dr. Van Allen since I hold a PhD in clinical psychology. I doubt very seriously that's Mary Thomas in the video. She was a quite famous Welsh soprano and wouldn't have time to be gallivanting in music videos. I had no idea that you were a psychologist. That's that's actually pretty cool. It takes smarts to do that. Clearly bigger smarts than I have, so. To correct the title that you got in Rock Aria, ELOologist with a PhD in psychology, Dr. Pam Van Allen. Well, Artie, give him a fanfare.
Marge Raymond, who you heard said that she loved our Face the Music bonus tracks episode, and I thought that was pretty freaking cool because she worked with ELO. So she's one of my Facebook friends. I saw a picture of her, and then there's the opera singer in the video, and I thought, that looks like a lot like Marge Raymond. I'm going to ask Marge, was that you playing the opera singer in Rock Aria? And she said, no. My vocals are only on Face the Music album, Evil Woman, Strange Magic, Night Rider, Down Hometown. She said what albums she was on and that she or that she worked with Jeff but didn't get credit on the albums, but she didn't answer my question about was that her in the video. So I don't know if that's Marge Raymond playing the opera singer in the video or, or not. We still don't know who's the opera singer in the uh, Rock Aria video. Maybe it's time to ask Jeff himself. I'm sure you'll get a reply in seven to ten years. <laughs> Yeah, I've been skittish to uh, say, hey, Jeff Lynn, we do a podcast and have the reply be some sort of legal document. Maybe Corey Gomel. He's tight with Jeff. They're drinking buddies. Can um, ask him. Actually, I don't know how tight they are. He's met him, though. Lucky bastard. And Tony Peterson says, I'm really enjoying your podcasts. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm glad to know that I'm not wasting my time. So it's pretty odd. To... As always, I'm... I'm shy when accepting compliments, so th- thank you. That's, that's really swell of you to say. Corey Gomel said, OMG, listening to this was so funny. I tell people I have forgotten more about ELO than Jeff currently knows, but I can honestly say I do not know who the woman in the video really is. I always thought it was the actual singer. Madeline? What? Go to bed. No dinner for you. The hump has to eat. Onto Mission, a world record, James Crow wrote, one of my favorite ELO tracks. The sound effects simply enhanced the song for me. My favorite is the siren early on in the song. I used to have this on a mixtape I'd play in my car, and people riding with me would often look around for the police car they thought was pulling us over. I would love to hear Jeff Lynn suddenly shout out, It's the Popo! (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's closer to you than I am, so why don't you go over to his house and see what happens. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) It won't be him shouting that. No, it'll probably be you when the Popo show up to uh, get you off of his property. Go away! We don't want you! Paul Starr says, I've listened to all your podcasts. There are some things I like and some things I don't like. But I'm happy to listen. I'm happy that you're listening. And I'm happy that you enjoy it and keep on listening. Pam Van Allen said, Andrew Whiteside frequently chapped my ass with his imperious know-nothing remarks about ELO songs. I wonder who he is anyway. Andrew Whiteside wrote a lot for, I guess, the Face the Music fanzine. And uh, I will throw his stuff in. Sometimes he he likes ELO songs. Other times he hates them. And he he lets you know why he hates them. And sometimes I will throw his comments in. So that gives another perspective of a song. It's not all just critics or people writing, gushing about this certain ELO song. So try to put in a different perspective. And it gives us something to talk about. Like, for instance, how stupid it was of him to whine about the special effects in a sci-fi song. Yeah, I have wondered. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not always loving everything that ELO did myself, but mm-hmm. he writes for a fanzine. He wrote for a fanzine, I should yeah. say. Yeah. And a fanzine is typically, ah, ELO, okay, let's get out there how great they are and everything. It seems like they got one of the writers from Rolling Stone. <laughs> 
yes, with him. And I mean, they they suddenly got somebody who sat there. Oh, yeah, this ELO crap. I mean, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm gonna infiltrate their fanzine. <laughs> I'm gonna tell everybody what type of garbage this music is, because he seems to hate so much of it. <laughs> I am going to take down ELO. That Jefflin son of a bitch cut me off in traffic once, and he will pay. I'll show them a fanzine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> My Xerox copies will blanket coffee shops everywhere within a two-mile radius of my home, as yeah. long as my mommy gives me a roll of quarters to go to the library and copy. Jeff Lynn will be shamed out of this town's coffee shops if he ever shows up here. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Master plan is coming together. Yes, I remember fanzines in the 90s, and that was about how you did them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I used to do an underground newspaper, although it was satire, but yeah. Xerox, press type, typewriter, scotch tape. You go to Kinko's, quick copy, run off a whole mess of... Or, or steal the copier code from the journalism teacher. Again, that was also, Again. <laughs> that was also yes. another way that I printed off the Loon News. And then you staple them, and like a crackpot handing out pamphlets on the corner, you just hand them off to people. Hey, look, I've read a newspaper. It's pretty funny. And then you build a fan base from there. And then when you're still doing it in your 30s and 40s, people look at you... You're still doing that thing you did in high school? Well, yeah, it's fun. Okay. Then they do look at you like a maniac handing out pamphlets on the corner. Well, I think it's kind of justified in some cases. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Christine Carroll says, Thanks for sharing. Informative podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. We are doing our job, then. Informing, entertaining... Informing, entertaining, and recruiting for the apocalypse. Yes, for our own army to take down Andrew Whiteside. Exactly. For our own army to take down Andrew Whiteside. There, I said it without my voice cracking. Eric Paul and puberty. <laughs> the two will someday end their ongoing war. That needs to be fixed. Moving on to So Fine, Gary Ashwell says, That baseline." That base. Christine Carroll. Thanks for the share. Do we play share at all? I don't remember playing share. Uh, you know, we may have to when we hit prologue from time. Ah, okay. Yeah. I look forward to this every Saturday. Thank you very much. I look forward to you listening to it and to everybody listening to it. Definitely. Yep. Group hug. <laughs> Jill Chenault replied to Gary Ashwell's response. It's one of the reasons I love So Fine so much and why I gasped when Eric said it was the worst song on the album. Uh, yeah, it's a great bass line, as I said. And again, as I said, I would give So Fine uh, around 4.8 stars out of an album where every other song to me is 5 stars. So yeah, when I say it's the worst song on the album, it's only slightly tiny less better than every other song on the album. So, And as I said in this episode, I, I, um, I do like So Fine so much. It's such a fine song. So much so, yes. Yes. Okay, folks, you can stop telling me those dumb jokes now. Living thing. Colan Puckett says, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Now, you have to fulfill your part of the job for listening to Face the Music and Electric Light Orchestra Song by Song podcast. And you have to share the link. Tell everybody. Let's get lots of listens. We're over 30,000 now, so we need to make it bigger. More, more, more. 
There's got to be more than 30,000 people in the world who like ELO. MJ Folds said, Great stuff, although Coronation Street is not a BBC soap opera. Good episode. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Thank you. As for Coronation Street, I just went to Wikipedia and tried to find uh, something about it. Uh, other than that living thing clip, I have never seen anything about Coronation Street. I know nothing about Coronation Street other than Monty Python, Doctor Who, and Faulty Towers. I don't really know any BBC TV, so... What is Coronation Street? Is it a soap opera? Is it funny? Is it just there? Is it a documentary? Mm. Have no idea myself. I do watch some British stuff, but yeah, if anything even looks remotely soap opera-ish. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets turned off just like the American ones do, so... Yeah, no, I can't stand soap operas. Jim Crow says, I will always consider this song as the better half of So Fine Living Thing. Just like We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions, and so many other album-side opening songs from the mid-70s. These two songs are linked by the best transition ever recorded. P.S. I think we all want to hear what Madeline claims Jeff stole from her singing repertoire. Uh, wait a few minutes, you will. I can see how Living Thing and So Fine would be two tracks that connect together since they have that pitch down at the end and then slamming right into Living Thing. So I can see that. And we got a call for Living Thing. Phone works! Hi there. I really like your podcast. I wanted to say that I just listened to your Living Thing episode and it is one of the songs that initially attracted me to ELO. I'm 26 years old and have loved ELO for the better part of the past decade of my life. And uh, this is a song that... Again, really meant a lot to me just because it had those tempos and those rhythms that really spoke to me in ways that contemporary music does not. That being said, I think it's interesting, the conversation around the meaning of the song. I think with most ELO songs, they tend to be quite simple in meaning, but that doesn't make them any less profound. Keep up the good work. You guys are doing great. Bye. I love you. Thank you very much for saying that we're doing great. Well, I... Glad to hear it. I've defi- we're definitely trying to do great. Also, again, this is what I've been talking about so much. Like, in the last 10 years, people far, far younger than me are digging on ELO. Kids I went to college with who were half my age, they knew what I was talking about when I say ELO. Unlike when I was in high school in the 80s and I got the blank stare. And I'm always glad to hear that somebody's enjoying this music and not just saying, Oh yeah, I always enjoyed it because that's what my dad listened to. <laughs> Or granddad. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, yeah, I agree with that about modern music. Is uh, I was so happy to find out that modern music really does suck, and it's not just I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. I am getting older, but I've got a very open mind when it comes to music. And when you start hearing the same keyboard mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. and it's all about making money and going to the club... Yeah. I mean, I thought there was garbage back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, you just wait and see what's coming. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of garbage back in the 80s that you, and also the 70s and 90s that mm-hmm. you don't hear on the radio because, well, people figured out it was garbage. But yeah, the music back then, the good stuff really had a lot more going for it. And good news is there is a lot of good stuff that's out there these days. You just have to spend a little bit more effort trying to find it. Right, and that's what I tell people who say the thing that just drives me nuts and has always driven me nuts and I mean always my entire life 80s was the best music ever or there was no good music made after 1970 it's like I out of 10,000 years of music for some reason Kaja Gugu got it right and everybody else (laughs) since then it's been crap 
And again, I went to college, back to college when I was in my 40s, and so I did hear some of the newer stuff, and it sucked. <laughs> and I just wondered, am I getting old? Am I too busy stuck with, you know, the stuff that I've loved before from 60s and 70s and 80s for the most part? I mean, I do love a lot of the stuff from the 30s and 40s and 20s, and I, but uh, it's good to know that somebody who was born at a time when this kind of music was aimed at them also thinks, hey, no, modern, modern top 40 is terrible. And sometimes I will try and check out what's on the Billboard charts because I'm desperately trying to avoid growing old and getting stuck in a pit of men at work and flock of seagulls and, and, and Terry Jacks. <laughs> So I'll go and I'll look at the billboard charts and I'll watch the videos on, on YouTube and it's like, this is crap. Does anybody know how to play an instrument anymore? I listen to ELO and, well, pretty much anybody else that I listen to, and they're all playing different instruments and they're playing in tune with each other and there's obviously rehearsal involved. There's no auto-tuning, although Paul McCartney did that on his last album and I wanted to belt the auto-tune out of his hand. I just, you don't need to, Paul. Um... People played instruments. They learned how to play instruments. And to get to the level of success that Beatles, ELO, even Terry Jacks had, you had to know how to play your instrument well. And you had to know how to play it with other people who knew how to play their instruments well so that you could make music well. Even the Ramones. I remember when they came out and they were just, oh my god, what the, the horrible noise. Don't you people know how to play? And yeah, they did know how to play. They did make music. It was loud, distorted. But things were in tune, they were playing in sync with each other, they could sing with the tune. People learned instruments and played them. Now there's samplers and auto-tunes and keyboards where there's only three keys, and one of those keys is a black key. And there's your... They actually use a black key? <laughs> well, I don't... I don't, I'm just saying they make them. I don't. They're getting adventurous using the black keys on the keyboard. Okay. Maybe I don't know. They're there. Yeah. I don't know if they actually use them. Yeah, this is why something like Adele or Lord stands out is because yes. they're actual real artists, and they come along, and it just kind of proves the point of how bad most of the other stuff is. Yeah, and, and Queen, yeah. all the stuff that they did, just Bohemian Rhapsody, and, and all the overdubbing that was just them, as far as vocals go. They didn't bring in a, an orchestra or a choir or anything. Not, they're not going to ELO when they bring in that kind of stuff. But that's all Freddie Mercury in the band. And oh, back to what I was going to say before I went off on my old man rant. Yeah, there are people who say that 80s was the best music ever. No, <laughs> it wasn't, especially when we get to Balance of Power. But there's still plenty of good music that exists now that's being made now. Uh, you just have to go look for it. It's not going to be spoon-fed to you on the billboard charts or MTV? Do they still exist or even show music anymore? They exist. They don't show music as much as, mm -hmm. I, as far as I know. Right. Now, you... if you think the 80s were the best music ever, two words. Naughty, naughty. Hey, now. John Parr had it going. It's not his fault that he only sputtered out with two hits. Could have done more. Yeah, it but... is his fault. Have you heard of his <laughs> other garbage? <laughs> you know, I've been yeah. lucky enough to hear Naughty yeah, you, Naughty you've and St. Elmo's lucky. Fire. And that's, that's it. 
Yeah, St. Elmo's Fire is the pinnacle of that. Hoi. Okay. Are we done uh, being cranky yeah, old we're men? we're done on our tangent here. Okay, well, well, let's move on to Above the Clouds. Now, the final part of the present Doctor Who adventure. So here are the replies we got for Above the Clouds, which I liked and Eric thought was eh. Rohit Powell says, wow, creativity. Well, I'm glad you noticed the creativity in the production of the podcast. Javier Navas Medina, I'll be very surprised that I got any part of that name right. Savagely underrated song. One of my favorites from their best album. Maureen Rain says, stunning. Well, thank you. Yes, yes I am. I'm holding up pretty I good. I think she was talking about me. Are you sure? Because I look, still look pretty damn dead sexy at 50. Yeah, I'm sure. She likes younger men. I'm 47. That's true. You do have <laughs> the youth advantage. Yes. My old goddamn body's falling apart. Sometimes I can't even go to the bathroom when I want to. Pam Van Allen said, I love my title. Noted ELOologist. It's about time someone acknowledged that. Yeah, and I think we recorded that before we found out that you are a psychologist therapist. So I guess that should be noted ELOologist Dr. Pam Van Allen. So I'll just set that straight right now. It's better than being an anaurapist. Do I want to know what that is? So you've never seen Arrested Development? I have not. I don't have anything against it. It's on a long list of movies and TV shows and albums that I would like to see or listen to, but have not gotten to. I hear it's great. I know, what, it only had a run of one season? And then I guess another... Uh, three three seasons, and then mm-hmm. it's had two more seasons on Netflix. Okay. But Anourpist was this one guy named Tobias Funky, or Funky, <laughs> who is a psychologist, but he wants to call himself a combination of an um, analysist <laughs> and a therapist. So he came up with Anourpist. Spelled A N A L R A P I S T. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, his I, um, I, I, I his uh, business card usually gets bad reactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would not want to be an anal rapist either. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, I do want to see the show. Maybe someday I'll actually get to it, <laughs> along with Casablanca and Message from the Country, movies I have not seen, and albums I have not yet heard, which I should have seen and heard a very long time ago. Sweet mother of God, what is the holdup? Eddie Benelal says, hey, that's my pick. I will start to ask for royalties. That's cool that we have the person who made that picture listen to us. I came across that picture a few years ago. This is the ELO spaceship rising up through a bunch of clouds and it it looks really cool. And I thought, that looks really cool. And when it was time to do the podcast, I nabbed it and I used it for a couple of things. I will send you your royalties. Tell me what your PayPal is, and I'll shoot you a nickel. I was going to say, we'll pay you in I amount of dollars. I amount of dollars? Yep. I is what you get when you do a square root of negative one. Oh, math. Don't. Ouch. Yep. Imaginary numbers. <laughs> no, don't. I have enough trouble with real numbers. Don't go throwing in fictional numbers. Unfortunately, I think at this point, yeah, imaginary is where our income is for the most part on this show, too. Good Lord, have pity on me. So, do ya? Didn't really get a lot of comments because the dickheads at Facebook put me in jail for sharing something that other people have shared that didn't get them in jail. So, during that week that I was sent to an in-between dimension where I don't exist on the internet, or at least on Facebook, I didn't really get to plug do ya so much. So, we got one comment from Jill Chenault over at our Patreon page. That's Jeff saying, there's a plane a-coming? I always assumed it was Roy. Just seems like something he would do, much more so than Jeff. 
Well, Joe, you're not the only one to call me out on that. We got a phone call about Duya. Hey there, two Eric's. Listen, just got through listening to the Duya podcast, and as always, a great show. But just wanted to point out something to you. By the way, this is Mark Herring calling. Just wanted to point out one thing that Jeff sounds like he's singing through a cheese grater on that snippet you played of Do You from the Move. The reason is because that was Roy Wood singing that verse there. Jeff sings just after that. And Roy always had a little higher nasally pitch. How about that? Anyway, just want to point that out. Otherwise, spot on. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for the spot on, and thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, yeah, I listened to it again, and yeah, that's that's Roy or- Not Roy Orbison. Uh, <laughs> I hope Roy Orbison never sounded like that. Yeah, that's Roy Wood. I just turned my brain off. I knew it, Jeff Lynn wrote the song, so I just thought, since it's a Jeff Lynn song, Jeff Lynn sung it, just like the Beatles. Whenever Paul wrote a song, Paul sung it. John never sang Paul songs. Paul never sang John songs. George never... They write the song, they do the song. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Roy Wood singing, like his, rubbing his voice against a cheese grater. And I should know that, because that's kind of Roy's style. True, and I think Roy would be more apt to be swatting at invisible airplanes flying around <laughs> his head than Jeff Lynn would have been. You know, that's, and I can absolutely see that happening. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Boy, a man on a squishy bender can sure do some crazy things. For Shangri-La. Troy White says, the perfect closing song for the perfect album. Reminds me of the perfect cherry on top of the perfect ice cream sundae. I agree with you with the song, but I'm going to have to call you out on your ableist and your cherryest attack at me. Uh, I have diabetes, so I cannot have ice cream sundaes, and I hate cherries, so I, I wouldn't eat cherries either. So how dare you attack me like that? I'm hurt. That, that's only because you were cherry for so damn long that, uh, that is you got true. to really hate the term. That That is true. <laughs> so, I'm hurt but what you said. I am going to have to go into my safe place and rock in a corner until I can function in society again. You, you mean, mean person. Well, he's being a little snowflake. <laughs> I'll sit here and eat his ice cream. Do you want the cherry, too? Oh, yes. Okay, sweet. Then everybody wins. <laughs> Mark Herring wrote, A tip of the old coffee mug from my back porch as I smiled at the clean edit in there. Sammy Segway strikes again. I used to close my college radio station show by playing out the reprise on Shangri-La. A perfect way to fade out yet inform the listener that I will return. That's actually a pretty cool way to end a radio show. I did not go that cool route when I did my Radio Trolla program, podcast, and then the radio show. I uh, more played up the doofus dork that I am and would close my show with Lawrence Welk's Adios Au Revoir Athletisane. Those three words are in there. I'm not sure if they're in that order, but yeah, I, I would close it out with Lawrence Welk and a little banter at the end. So just proving again that you were a cooler radio personality than I was. However, it sounds like yours was wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Do you see what he did there? It's a Lawrence Welk thing for the kids who don't know what we're talking about at all. Right. Yeah. A wonderful, a wonderful. Uh. Now, my best way of always saying I will return is by gluing those words from, uh, I cut out, gluing the letters together that I cut out from a magazine onto a piece of cardboard and just leaving it on somebody's random door. Mm-hmm. Is that how you got So that usually got the message across. Did you ever get a second date whenever you did that? Uh, never got a first. What you? <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you should have used bigger letters. Make it more obvious. 
I will return. I think that would have won him over. Women like stern, strong men. Hmm. Hmm. That's true. Strong enough to carve your initials in the hood of their vehicle. Yes. Show strength, dominance. Chicks dig that. Uh, please forgive me, but the lady says to tell you that you are creeping her out. Dave Schwint says, Above the clouds in this song have to be my most favorite songs of all time. Them and Dawn is a Feeling by Moody Blues. This song has the greatest ending ever written in my book. I don't know, have you ever heard the end of Paralyzed by Stardust Cowboy? That one's pretty touching too. <laughs> Shangalot, fan-damn-tastic song. I yes, will not question or doubt or even discuss with anybody who says otherwise. I'll just shun them for life. So long, you fetus-faced windbag. So here are some reviews of the podcast that we got. Chris Scherer said, very cool podcast. Very cool of you to say so. I appreciate that. And from iTunes, we got this review. From somebody named Mothfire. Okay like the Electric Light Orchestra, this podcast is overproduced and thin on substance. Number one, if you don't like Electric Light Orchestra, why are you listening <laughs> to the podcast? Yeah. Number two, thanks for listening. It's telling it racks up as a listen. Mm -hmm. and for however many episodes you had to listen to in order to go, I'm going to be witty. Mm -hmm. And number three, thank you for noticing the production work. I put a lot of work into producing the show, obviously, I don't want this show to sound like a boring podcast where it's just two people just talk, 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 and then that's it for the show. Like Jeff Lynn, I like playing with sound, I like editing and all that stuff, so I'm glad that you noticed the production part of it. Mission accomplished. I've done a well-produced podcast. Well, doesn't that make you feel dandy? On Twitter, Ed Coleridge said, or he tweeted, been catching up with this excellent podcast by at Capsuper. If you're a fan of at Jeff Lindsay Check it out. People sharing the podcast on Twitter. Cool. And Christine Carroll says, I look forward to this every Saturday. Thank you. I look forward to you listening to it every Saturday. Yes, we do. Yeah. And share the link with all your friends. Let's get more and more listeners. Everybody must be listening to this podcast. Yes, because it is much better than Cats, and you will listen to it again and again. Yes. Astrid Johansson, thanks for the podcast tip. You're welcome. And by the way, my great-great-great—I don't know how many greats—grandfather was named Johansson, and then he moved to America and changed it to Johnson. Maybe we're related, although I highly doubt it. How do you do, Mr. Sponsor? How do you do? Here's the time for a commercial for you. We'd be glad to put it in if you'll get up the tin. How do you do, Mr. Sponsor, how do you do? Oh, sponsor! Oh, sponsor! Here is a group I would personally like to introduce. If there are things about contemporary music that sometimes embarrass you, this is the group of which you should be the most proud. I am referring to that great fusion of contemporary and classical music, the Electric Light Orchestra. A new world record by ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, a jet production on United Artists Records and Tape. What a 
So you wanted to say something about the cover of this album when we did Tightrope, and I cut you off, and I said, whoop, whoop, save it for the bonus tracks episode, because we're already going to go along with Tightrope. So, I'll let you talk now. Well, this is the first appearance of what is kind of the ELO spaceship. It's more of a logo in this particular case, but it evolved into the spaceship. Mm -hmm. But for those who love old jukeboxes and audio equipment and everything, this particular logo looks like what you would see on the front of a 1950s or 1960s Wurlitzer or similar jukebox with the neon trim and all that. Yeah, and the funny thing is this logo has stuck with them for, well, forever. But it was only used on, I think, three albums in Alterations, A New World Record, Out of the Blue, and Discovery. And then they stopped using it, except for later when they were hit compilations. And then they brought it back when Zoom was released. Although the letters have always stayed the same. And I don't think this is just because I love ELO. This is just the freaking coolest logo ever. I just love seeing this anytime I ever see it. I just stare at the album covers like, this is so cool. And when they had that light up prop for the Discovery video album, when I first saw that, it's like, I want that. And I still want that. I want that light up prop. I had no idea that this used chunks of a Wurlitzer jukebox until maybe 2005 or something like that. Because I saw on the internet that somebody had built their own ELO logo, and it showed step-by-steps on how to build it, and it lit up and all that other stuff. And when I saw that he used chunks from a Wurlitzer jukebox, which I hope he just ordered parts and didn't butcher a Wurlitzer jukebox, or he found one that was so busted that it was beyond repair. Because I hate to think of one of those cool jukeboxes being chopped up. But, uh, yeah, that's when I was like, oh! That's the curvy parts of a jukebox, and it's just doubled so that it makes a, a circle. Yeah, it's the coolest band logo ever. Ever. Just ever. Ever. Yes. yes. Well, it, I wouldn't say it's the coolest. Mm. I don't know, ACDC's has always been nice because it's basically just very simple. I'm one of those people who likes very, very simple stuff when it comes to logos and everything. But ELO's is one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Even though when we go through Out of the Blue, where we have a full spaceship at this particular point, I do want to discuss whose spaceship would be able to defeat the <laughs> other one's spaceship. So we're going to have ELO versus Boston versus Journey. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Journey Scarab spaceship. Yep. Yeah, we'll save that discussion for the Out of the Blue. We're going to do two of them, so maybe we'll do it in the first Out of the Blue bonus tracks. If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTMpodcast at gmail.com. So now that we've finished this album, how much do you hate it? Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed when I was going back that I had highlighted this, and I have no idea why I highlighted it, because I always remembered liking the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Except for Above the Clouds. Above the Clouds is really just kind of a bridge, and it's not a song I hate either. It's just a bridge between different songs, and so it's not anything that really 
is annoying. Every song on here is a really good song and defines what ELO is about at this particular point. Yeah. They've gotten into their groove, and I think when it comes to this particular type of sound before they really, really started going disco, which, believe it or not, their disco album is the other one I really like by them <laughs> as well. But before they really started doing this, this is the really defined who they were and took all the elements from their previous albums as they built everything up, took the balloting from Can't Get It Out of My Head and the better sounding production from Face the Music, wrapped it all up into one package, and other than El Dorado, you really can't get much better than this. So how many stars? Uh, this one would be four and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I said in Tightrope, I got this album December 25th, 1983. It's Christmas. I asked for it because it had Telephone Line and Limit Thing on it. I was new to ELO fandom. I figured I'd pick an album that has a couple of hits on it. And this could have been the deciding album of whether I stick with my new ELO fandom. Or just, okay, maybe they have some, the hits are good, but not not the rest. But I got it, and I listened to it, and yeah, this is a straight-up Stone Cold friggin' awesome album. I love every song on it. When I first heard it, it was like, this is pretty damn awesome. Oh, I made the right choice in picking ELO. I'm going to listen to this again. And there have been metric tons of times in my life where I've said, sweet Jesus, I've got to hear a new world record. Actually, my first CD, when I started getting CDs, was a new world record. To me, there's not a bad song on it. So fine, eh, like it takes a tiny dip, but it's such a tiny dip that it doesn't matter. It's still a good song, and there's so many damn good songs on this album. When we summed up El Dorado, I said that there are four ELO albums that are absolutely the best albums in their discography. Not knocking Face the Music or Out of the Blue or whatever's coming up next. Those are good albums too, but out of the ELO discography, there are four that are like just the absolute best albums ever. El Dorado is the first one. This is the second one, a new world record. I have no complaints about this album. This, To me, this is a five-star album, and if I could give it a hundred bajillion stars, I would. That's my podcast. I can make up the rules. I give it a hundred bajillion stars out of five for a new world record. And let me guess, your other ones are Discovery and Time. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> Wait till we get there. You're going to have to convince me on time. I'm going to have to hear it again to be actually convinced on that one. But Actually, it's Balance of Power. There's no better album that was ever produced ever than Balance of Power. L'obligation de contractual. Fulfilling contractual obligations. A new world record. The sixth studio album was released in the U.S. in September of 1976 and in the U.K. in November. It was originally released on United Artists Records in the U.S. and Jet Records in the U.K. The album was recorded at Musicland Studios in Munich, Germany, as well as Delane Leas Studios in Wembley, with a few touch-ups at Cherokee Studios in Los Angeles. It was one of the most successful albums for the Electric Light Orchestra. It got up to number 5 on the Billboard 200 charts and made it up to number 10 on Cashbox in the UK, where a lot of ELO albums hadn't done too well previously. This one managed to get up all the way to number 6. It did make it to the number one position in both Australia and Canada on the RPM listing in Canada and the Kent Music Report in Australia. It got up to number two on the Dutch album Top 100 and also made it to number one in Sweden. 
on the Sverige top list in Denmark. Got up to number eight. Austria, number nine. Germany, number seven. New Zealand, number four. Norway, number nine. However, well, Japan didn't like it as much. It just clawed its way up to number 60. In the United States, the album has exceeded over 1 million sales, making it platinum. It has also gone two times platinum in Canada, and in the UK, has sold over 300,000 going platinum as well, hitting gold for the standards in both Finland and the Netherlands. When the music world needs the rock-solid facts and opinions about music, the people of Earth look no further than Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast's very own Madeline. Madeline has spent her entire life analyzing music, singing the songs, and banging on instruments. When Madeline has something to say about a song, she is not a woman who will be silenced. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? She'll tell you what she thinks about living things. Everybody, everybody, you have to listen to this. Well, everybody, sit in your seats. I'm going to wait for you for a second. Okay, so I waited for a second for you to get in your seat. So, this is very important to talk about. So, the guy, Jeff Lynn, copied off of my singing. And that is very not good. So, I think we should call him Jeff Lynn Copycat. That's a good name for him because he copies. So, what do you think? Tell me down in the comments, guys. Tell me. So, let's get started with the other stuff. So, you know, Jeff Lynn, the copycat, is actually a real copycat for my singing. And uh, I do not want him to do that. So, you should tell Jeff Lynn, copycat, that he copied off as someone Elsa's singing and singing it the same exact way as Madeline did. So I think you should stop and never do that again. Period. Done. The song was the copied, so I do not like it. I like it the way I sing it. That's it. How does your song go? Oh, you know that Olivia be BFF friend forever and ever Oh you know now it is time to cheer up everyone cheer up and know that guess what I'm gonna be a YouTuber when I grow up. You know that I am the greatest just like you, just like you. 
know that I can always be like you, just like you can be like me. Everyone can be like something one day on the summer There you go. Rock solid proof that Jeff Lynne stole Living Thing from Madeline 35 years before she was born. You must be mad. Unleash the outtakes. And they're off. Blinded by the light. So, um, do you know where uh, Richard Tandy came up with the idea to just throw chopsticks into this? Don't know. I couldn't find that out. I don't know if maybe this was like something they would do in concert, like where Day Tripper, he would throw in the classical bits on the synthesizer and just, you know, hey, let's put chopsticks in here because I couldn't really find that out. Well, after this, um, they did have a minor hit trying to do another Bruce Springsteen song called Spirit in the Night. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was off the that was off. uh, I believe that was off of um, Out of the Blue, but it didn't really. uh, hit as well as this one did right but give it a listen and uh yeah there's a little bit of uh comparison here but uh after that then yeah yellow basically abandoned uh bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. and uh, then started uh going into um oh i lost my train of thought there (laughs) (laughs) okay cut that out because that joke just failed because i just completely forgot what i was gonna say okay um so should should we just tell them and let them know? Telephone line. It's that good, and um, actually, I, I recommend other power power salad songs. They're funny. They're catchy. My cat's afraid of the vacuum cleaner. That one's pretty funny. So, gas station DJ. They're they're a hoot. Check them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, and for once, the uh, well, I think it's probably because Power Salad put out put it up on YouTube themselves. So it didn't get tagged wrong. Yeah. With a certain uh, Mr. Yankovic who yes. had nothing to do with it. Yes. Yeah, they even include at the end, uh, I think it's the vocoder. It's like the Mr. Blue Sky turned me over now. That kind of voice is is at the right. end of it. So they, they go all out with the classic ELO sound. From, I recommend it. So now the question is, when are we going to get our Terry Jacks style parody? Um, well, now that you mention it, I will get right on that, and there you go. Um, we had, uh, (laughs) editing, maybe this will make, I'm running this in my head. Yeah. Basically threw that in there because that brings the proceedings to an end. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We had, uh. As we get to our 13th minute, or somewhere around in there. (laughs) We had Fries, we had fun, we had seasons on our buns. <laughs> it's work in progress. I'll, 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 you know, just off the top of my head. The hilarious Terry Jacks parody is coming at any moment now from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think, yeah, I mean, up to 13 minutes, so. And there's going to be. It's, uh, it, and I hadn't even thought of the chill. Jailhouse Rock thing, but yeah, you're that. Actually, yeah, I can see that, and I could also see, even though Jeff had nothing to do with 
this, it sort of reminds me of... Uh, not you, and not me. I, no, I can't pause, because then I'll throw things off. So, we'll just wait for the garbage man to dump out the dumpster. Yep, I was sitting here waiting to find... I'm, I've been sitting here waiting to see when mine's going to show up. I heard him coming down the street, and I was hoping maybe he would come when you were talking, because I can, you know, mute my side of things, but I can't do it when I'm talking. I can't cut him out. Come on, get that dumpster, lift it up, let's go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Moving Lift in. That dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Lift it Come up. On. Lift it up nice. Pick and it up. Slow. Throw all that dirty trash into your deep hole. <laughs> shake it. Yeah. Come on. You, you shake that dumpster more than three times, you're just playing with it. <laughs> all right. Lifting it up. Up. Over. Blam. All that trash. Okay. All right. Put it down. Okay. Bang it three or four times as usual. <laughs> yep, that's what he did. Just make sure everybody is awake who wasn't awake already. Drag out the recording process. Anyways, so um, next week we do the bonus tracks episode. Um, Wednesday? Wednesday. Tuesday. Okay, Wednesday. Okay. Yep. Back and away. Wednesday. Okay. All right. And that'll be 9.30 my time, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're screwing around time. All right, he's gone. Yeah, but yeah. But I, could, but I could see Tom Petty singing singing the main part of the song too. I could see that too. Because this would this would have been perfectly within Tom Petty's range, and mm. uh, because I know Lynn didn't really do any singing too much except for background on the album. Um. Yeah, he had one song, "Rattled." Um. I was gonna say it's great, but it's the first Wilburys album. Everything on that album's great. Yeah. So yeah, he got his own song, "Rattled." Um. And uh, as a bonus track on the special edition, of course, he did a Del Shannon song. So Mission, a world record. I think I start this week, don't I? God, I hate earbuds. Where's your headphones? Downstairs again? Where they always are, they're downstairs. <laughs> All right. These things in, they're going to stay in. I, you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Hair gets stuck in there and... Alright, good enough for now. Okay. Your sci-fi setup kind of song. I understand this was before Star Wars by about a few months. So, <laughs> maybe, you know, special effects in, in science fiction wasn't quite the uh, eye-popping, mind-blowing experience that Star Wars was. 
but I think it's great. It's perfect. Okay. I believe it's yeah. I'd have it could I believe be. it's Children of the Earth. Children because he's repeating Children of the Earth, and then right. But yeah, and then yeah. Have you ever? And I'm sure you're familiar with Children of the Sun. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure our critic here would hate the sound effects on that one as well. <laughs> but uh, it sounds because. I'd say Children of the Sun almost seems to be a uh, sequel to uh, Mission. It it very well could be, if right. I had ever yes. if I had heard it, <laughs> I should listen to it then. Oh, you've never heard you never heard that song. I don't think so. Who does it? Okay. Well, you'll have an opportunity to listen to it probably before before this, so you can insert stuff in there if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a seventies hard rock song. Okay. And it used to get played all the time on KUPD. There's a couple reasons why, right there, probably why I've never heard it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I always thought it was Get Me Out of Here. Because obviously, you know, Earth looks beautiful from out there, but then he comes down here and it's like, holy crap, what the hell is going on here? This is not like home. I do not want to be here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. That's what I always thought. Mission, a world record... Lyrics. Google, Google, Google. Uh, it doesn't say what he's say- what they're saying in the background. Hmm. Okay. It says their main words, but uh, let's try it in a different lyric site. Oh, living on the earth, living oh, on the earth. Oh, we're both wrong. There we go. I thought it was children guess, of the earth. We're both wrong. Living guess, on the earth. I guess that also makes more sense because that's what yes. the alien is doing. He's Living on the Earth. Okay. But it still basically sounds the same as the Children of the Sun. Listen thing. I remember back in the end of December 1983, I was in the car with my dad, and the song was playing on the radio. And uh, Jeff sings, it's a living thing. It's a terrible thing. And my dad said, yeah, it is a terrible thing, and switched the radio off. Oh, God. He, was never <laughs> much, he wasn't much of an ELO fan. He was more of a Bob Seger guy. But I... Love this song. I've yeah, that was the big thing that disappointed me about that 2012 album. Oh, new versions of old songs. I'm curious to hear what 40, 50, 40, 50 years of production experience Jeff can bring to these old songs and make them sound different, or maybe it's a better vision of what was it. No, it's just copy of a copy of the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is uh, Marie going to mention that Dirk's Diggler is seen during this song? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Well, that wraps up a new world record. This show sucks. Oh, good. We got another review from Mothfire. Thank you. I appreciate your input into the show. Lies made baby Jesus cry. Next week, we start covering ELO's biggest album yet. Um, I don't know if it's biggest in sales, I really haven't looked, but what I mean is, it's their first double album, Out of the Blue, and we start, well, Karen, what song are we doing next week? Next week, episode 059, Turn to Stone. Was Madeline in a good mood when she heard it, or was she cranky? You have to wait till next week, or find out right now if you're one of our Patreon subscribers. And now, till we... Share the link to the show. Jeff Quinlan loves you. Good night. Have a good weekend and a good night to all of you.